think you really have to ask the question from a base level. If, if your thesis is that you believe the world will continue to get more digital, if you believe that we will continue to utilize the internet and that technology as a whole will continue to be a foundation and a fundamental in our lives, then I would say at a base level, you already are, are in favor of crypto from a, from a uh, base level. And if you agree with those statements, I think the next thing as far as consideration is what steps in, in terms of all allocation and education should you take next? everybody welcome to a brand new episode of the none of your business podcast sean and Lacey here just as we are each and every week and this week like every other week we have a phenomenal guest that we are excited to dive into and start breaking down this week's topic because it's a topic that we have actually not yet tackled here on none of your business now right. a couple things that are super important because if you follow our content so hopefully jump on instagram I've been talking lately about our TikTok fans, um, <laughs> our, our producer, James, he'll chop up some of this, get this on TikTok where people love talking about my hair. What you Hopefully wearing? they like this. Hopefully they like this. I, I got to yeah. get my guys over at Travis Matthews to hook me up though. Um, James, make sure that we uh, tag them and say, Sean needs Travis Matthews gear because hate to be rocking the Peter Millar on the none of your, but they're not paying me. They should be paying me. <laughs> Travis Matthews, we just uh, got to meet with them and they're amazing people. Um, I've been talking about this for a long time. Cryptocurrency is a thing. So for mm -hmm. a long time, people were like, oh, I don't know. And I still think that, and we'll ask the, our today's guest if he knows utilization rates, but the utilization rate is still quite low. Right. But even though the utilization rate is low, the acceptance rate, the knowledge base, like there's very few people that are like, I don't know what you're talking about. Right. And you're going to be a great co-host today because your knowledge base is lower. You're just yes. sort of getting into the space. I leave that to you. Mm -hmm. But today's guest is an expert on all things crypto and real estate. And this is a topic that entrepreneurs, especially successful high net worth entrepreneurs, love to talk about. And so we're super excited to have with us today, Zach Morrow of Boron Capital. Super excited to listen to everything that he has to teach us. Zach, thank you so much for being on the None of Your Business podcast. Hey, Sean. Hey, Lacey. Super excited to, to be with you. And um, yeah, whenever you get that hookup for the uh, the jacket gear, let me know. <laughs> oh, we got the hookup. Too. Oh, we got the hookup. We got the hookup. We, 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 we just got to get him to hook you up. Him so. right. up. Love Travis Matthews, too. Quick shout out to our friends at Travis Matthews. It's not just golf. Um, I love what they're doing, moving yeah. out of the golf space, making um, you know fashion, Lifestyle. and not just for men, yeah. by the way, also coming out with the women's line, super exciting stuff. Um, shout out to our friends at Travis Matthews. Zach, let's see if we, in like a 30-minute span, can take a <laughs> journey um, from beginner level all the way to crypto hedge fund. Right. right? A lot of people that are like, man, wait. This is the fastest <laughs> journey ever known. So and there's so many moving this. parts, but let's just start out with the super basic what is cryptocurrency for the people that are still not aware? Well, um, even outside of that, I would say, you know, the first question is like blockchain technology and blockchain technology is a technology that really uh, cryptocurrency is built upon. 
And so I think that one of the simplest ways for people to understand um, how blockchain is utilized is it is a database or a continuous ledger that allows companies to build applications on that then um, continuously track data to remove the need for um, all sorts of third parties. But it is a really it's a, it's a data ledger that allows things to continue to track itself to create more security, more transparency, uh, more ease of use and um, really just more trust overall throughout systems. So if you think of all systems of exchange and relationships uh, between businesses, between people, all of those typically require some form of third party to uh, provide verification. And a lot of a lot of the way blockchain technology uh, works is in a digital world, it's undergirding uh, those types of transactions in a more secure and um, trustless way. So let's look at um, just the sort of the big two, um, right, if you I was going to say, because again, my knowledge around this is less than yours, but I was going to say most people when they think cryptocurrency, I think the one thing that they think is Bitcoin. Well, let's introduce right. yeah. Ethereum. Zach, tell us what's the difference between, say, Ethereum and Bitcoin relative to this whole blockchain thing? Yeah. So in both cases, these are technologies that are built on with blockchain technology and Bitcoin itself is really, at least from my vantage point, a, a form of um, asset that is decentralized, meaning there's no central uh, governing party. And it's it's more of a financial instrument that can be utilized um, in a lot of different ways as it pertains to the financial system. Now, Ethereum itself is what you would call a layer one technology. And um, I think it's important for people to understand that even within inside this blockchain world, this cryptocurrency uh, industry, it is a very broad industry seeking to serve many different uh, use cases, right? So if we think about like, you know, things we're more familiar with, uh, this would be like, you know, if we think about the technology industry, right? Even within the technology industry, you've got Facebook, you've got Google, you've got Amazon, you've got Tesla. And if you think about these big tech giants, they all do very different things, even though on a broad stroke, they're considered technology companies. So even in cryptocurrency or blockchain technology, there is this broad stroke, but these are not all necessarily individually competing items where it's going to be one that rules them all. Um, there's a lot of different use cases for each single one. And so Ethereum being layer one, I think one of the simplest ways for most people to understand it is if we process the idea of like, you guys have smartphones, everybody's got smartphones, right? So let's just use the iPhone, for instance, the iPhone, has an iOS platform, right? Mm -hmm. And on that platform, um, it is an infrastructure that allows hundreds and thousands of businesses to build apps on that infrastructure. And all of those apps are you utilizing that infrastructure to operate hundreds and thousands of businesses. And they all do completely different things. Well, layer one, like Ethereum, is, is similar to that iOS system in a way, conceptually, where it's providing an infrastructure of a network that allows layer two's applications to be built on top of it. And so, um, again, like I said, a lot of different use cases, it, it, you know, you're like, well, tell me about them. It'd be like, well, that'd be the same question as, well, tell me about all the apps. Well, right. <laughs> we definitely can't do that in the time we're together, but just from a conceptual uh, picture, um, that, that's a simple way, at least for, for my perspective, to understand and share it. So that's super interesting. So they're not 
all digital coins, right? right? So Ethereum, he's saying, is like a platform, and you can build things on it with this technology. So if that's the case, let's talk about trading, and let's talk about the intrinsic or inherent value in these different commodities. And now, now there's hundreds, maybe, I don't know, maybe thousands of different cryptocurrencies. Mm -hmm. So where do we find, like, how, how is it that we're trading this platform on one hand and we're trading this Bitcoin or maybe even a U.S. dollar coin? How, what's, how are we trading the platform and finding value in that? Yeah, great question. So one, one thing I'd back up is in most cases, in almost all cases, you're going to hear the word coin or token. Token is typically going to be something that's referred to on layer twos, like we described and then coins are more on a layer one or a base layer. And the, the actual coin within the network is really, um, in simplest fashion, it's a way that the network's communicating with each other and it's trading with inside the space. So if I send Bitcoin to you, you're actually getting Bitcoin coin that's coming across the network. And then now you own that piece or have control of that piece. Same way with Ethereum, same way with these other networks. So there is a coin attached to them. That's where the word cryptocurrency comes in into play but just because the word currency is there doesn't necessarily indicate that it's you know in some form or fashion competing with the dollar or trying to be um you know a currency per se but um i think back to your question let's let rephrase that for me and then let's let's talk about that one well how do we yeah how do we assign a a, a monetary value well, that's what i was going to say sure. maybe i can rephrase it in a simple way that i think people are thinking is so if this is this form of cryptocurrency and it's emerging there's not mm -hmm. necessarily a lot of businesses out there that utilize this as a form of exchange so if i'm going to get into the crypto world how do i actually turn that into money or currency that i can currently use at the businesses that i engage in yeah, so for you, you have to decide in which way you're trying to participate, mm. right? So from a business owner's perspective, are you seeking to invest in it or are you seeking to utilize it? And there's there's really um, multiple applications, right? So like I said, um, Ethereum would be defined as what they call a smart contract. So you can actually um, have contracts that are taking place and are verifiable on the blockchain, like in real estate, for instance, I mean, imagine, you know, we all use a title company, right? Why do, why do people in real estate use a title company? Because one, there's a title, two, we're, we're trying to trust a third party to verify like, hey, when I give you my money, are you going to give me the thing and exchange it and make sure the transaction actually takes place? Um, I'm also looking on all the records of the deed, you know, are there any other liens, are there judgments, are there anything like this on that title work? Um, well, blockchain could actually handle all the holdings of the title work historically throughout all of history. And you could immediately see, and everybody would have instant access. I could do title work uh, immediately if, if, if I sought to. And I know people inside the real estate space that are developing these sorts of things. Wow. Um, you know, another application, um, again, would be, um, I know a company right now that's working on payroll services where the agreement between employer and employee is actually uh, made. And as that employee is logged in, that network is verifying all of the hours worked and can actually make payments on whatever um, agreement set up. So you can actually get paid by the hour rather than work all your hours for two weeks and then get back paid, right? So th the application in real time um, could, could come in and, and serve in 
all sorts of different industries, right? And what it really does is it increases trust, it increases uh, the relationship between people, and it eliminates a, not, a lot of need for third party. But um, that would be, you know, use cases from a business perspective. So if I'm if I'm running a business, how might I want to incorporate it? Well, there's a, there's a lot of different ways, right? I know, you know, you guys might know that the Super Bowl gave out NFTs for all ticket holders. Were you guys aware right. of that? Yep. Right. So so now what does that really mean? What it really means is that ticket for the rest of their life is is verified. It has a hardwired code where it can be verified that this was the ticket to that thing. And you could put particular perks on that that allows them, you know, uh, club access to things or, you know, you could see VIP cards going this directions or memberships, mm -hmm. things like that. You know, I, I'm a part of a group that just yesterday they gave out uh, NFTs that um, came with, you know, different trainings and recordings and you know you'll get to keep this forever and it comes with it right so there's as far as like going how businesses could use it i mean again you know how many different apps are out there things like that but um as far from an investment perspective which is where we focus on we're we're, we're processing which projects do we believe number one um, have strong use cases okay number two have really strong teams behind them we're looking at the coin metrics of like the owners, how much is distributed, was it inflationary, deflationary, and then obviously the adoption rate. And so, you know, when you're determining value, a lot of it is going to be driven by supply and demand and um, supply and demand is going to continue to increase based off of adoption. And so for us, you know, and, and to your kind of question, Sean, I think there's over 15,000 cryptocurrencies right now. And, um, we, I'll just let you know, we can cut through a lot of the baloney while we're here together, but most of them are not worth your time at the moment, right? <laughs> so for us, you know, we really focus on key holdings and um, having a core group of projects that um, we've really dove deep on the due diligence into. Um, we see the use cases, we understand the team behind it and um, are seeing the adoption uh, come into play. And so kind of, you know, I think that you had mentioned it before we came on, but I think right now for Bitcoin, there's like 81 million users worldwide right now. Uh -huh. um, and that continues to grow you know, day over day. I mean, you've got countries adopting it. You've got, I mean, even in the US, you've got different states that are putting up bills right now to make it tender, to be util utilized for a variety of different reasons. Uh, the president had an executive order come out last week that stated um, he wants the US to uh, be an industry leader when it comes to cryptocurrency. So, you know, what does all that mean? I think I think that it means that we are going to see continued adoption very, very quickly. And um, I mean, Bitcoin itself is the fastest adopted technology in history as far as the adoption curve. So um, now I'm rambling. So I'm just going to turn it back to you guys. Everybody's like, no, this is no, this, this is great because it's it's really helping me have a further developed understanding of cryptocurrency. Yeah, let's dive a little bit more into the investing side of yeah. things. Um, a lot of people see cryptocurrency um, as a potential hedge against inflation. Um, same thing, maybe precious metals. Right. But on the same side, people are kind of like, well, um, but I'm a little bit afraid of it. Like you mentioned some regulatory things that might be coming down. And so they, that causes a little bit of um, fear for the novice jumping in. Now you all also can find all of the people that have invested money there saying, no, it's the greatest thing on earth. <laughs> um, what then give, give us sort of the, the starting point, um, some ideas on why people would consider investing um, in cryptocurrency and how they might sort of look at that and get started in that. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> and 
you know, when we look at the industry as a whole from a regulatory standpoint, I think it's important to note that, you know, Bitcoin itself has been deemed a non-security. Uh, Ethereum's in the same same space. But as the U.S. Um, continues to uh, do its research and things like that, I think what we will really find is that uh, at least they've demonstrated to be favorable, right? There was a lot of fear for a lot of years that, you know, will it be banned? Will it be made illegal? You know, is it a bubble? You know, all of these things. Um, but, you know, really over the last, I'd say, 24 months, um, after COVID, you've seen so much money moving into this market and the legitimacy behind the adoption of the people that are adopting it, that have completely changed their tune. And, that, and we, we're one of those groups, right? So we've been in real estate since 2006. So coming up on 16 years, but um, we didn't, we didn't uh, come over into crypto as from a fund management position and really look and take it serious until 2020. Um, because there were dynamics that changed within the adoption. And of course, if we're going to bring something to market, it has to be something that we are 100% confident and fully believe in and are convicted uh, as a company. So um, kind of to that point, you know, we talked about as much as we could get in 30 minutes. And so I'm, I'm, I talk fast, so hopefully we can get a lot done. So, um, but, uh, you know, you could spend 100 hours on, on one single asset class, you know, Bitcoin itself, and um, you're still not going to have all the details. But um, what I can say is that, uh, for those that have spent 100 hours, of all the people I've met, I've never met somebody that spent at least 100 hours studying it that isn't uh, completely uh, bullish. They don't have anything negative to say once they've spent the time. Right. And so that is <clears throat> maybe maybe except Peter Schiff. But I don't I, I, I actually don't think he's spent 100 hours, but um, that's neither here nor there. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, from an investment perspective, you know, I think you really have to ask the question from a base level. If, if your thesis is that you believe the world will continue to get more digital if you believe that we will continue to utilize the internet and that technology as a whole will continue to be a foundation and a fundamental in our lives, then I would say at a base level, you already are, are in favor of crypto from a, from a uh, base level. And if you agree with those statements, I think the next thing as far as consideration is what steps in, in terms of all, allocation and education should you take next? Number mm -hmm. one, if if you feel like you haven't spent time there, I mean, spending time on, you know, listening to great podcasts like you guys, listening to great speakers um, who understand these things. There's some great books out there and resources. I mean, education is always step one step from there. Once you, once you know it's an allocation decision and how much would you want allocated into this space when you're managing your portfolio? You know, there's there's some crazy people out there um, like myself and uh, a lot of people we do business with that they might have 50% of their net worth. I know some people that have significantly higher uh, in the crypto space. Um, we really blend between real estate and crypto. And, um, you know, for us, we're really looking for things that we can have true ownership over, um, true management over, um, have a long-term tangible um, holdings, which you have in real estate. I know conceptually the fact that it is a digital currency may seem as though, that's not really tangible, is it? But mm -hmm. um, your ability to understand that market is like nothing um, the investment industry has ever seen before. Mm -hmm. So presently, if I'm going to invest in a stock, I can get quarterly reports at best and hope that those are all up to date, up to speed and up to snuff, right? You know, um, if you guys, if the listeners have been in business long enough, they've probably done a deal where um, it was supposed to be one thing. And they found out it was a little bit different when it, when it all happened. 
Well, with blockchain technology, we can actually look at the on-chain metrics and see every single thing that's happening. You can see all the transactions. So Ethereum has millions of transactions a day currently. So there's already millions of transactions happening just on that single platform. Um, and of course, many, many more across uh, other platforms. So if we process allocation, you know, Bitcoin itself has had since inception, I think, has a compounded annual growth rate of right around 144 percent year over year. And, um, you know, when we process allocation, you know, uh, Grayscale's done a study. Goldman Sachs did a study when they when they processed, you know, the last few years, if you'd had but a five percent allocation into Bitcoin, um, it would have actually reduced the volatility of your portfolio and significantly increased your return. So, you know, I don't think that I think we're really at a stage where um, everybody should be moving past the is it a real thing and moving in towards um, what what level what do I do next? Yeah, what yeah. level of participation do do I want to have in it? And you know, before, you ask, your, think, before oh. you ask your question, this I want to thank Zach. This is the second podcast in a row that we've recorded that's going to get us deep platform. Now we're <laughs> oh no, I'm just joking. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> One of the things that we like to do on this podcast, Zach, is de defining terms for the listeners out there. And so it. you have a real estate hedge fund and a crypto hedge fund. Can you define what a hedge fund is for those that are listening and how it potentially could benefit them if they're considering moving into this space? Absolutely love that. So um, what a hedge fund is or what a fund in general is, is a fund is an outlined offering by a private group. And that group then has specific managers. And it's built for a specific purpose to invest under a specific strategy. Okay. And that fund is then taking that strategy and it's allowing investors to invest alongside of the actual fund managers. So hedge funds aren't managing, they're not financial advisors, they're not managing individual accounts. What they're doing is, you know, they're saying, okay, this is what we're investing in, this is how we're investing. If you'd like to join us, you can join us. Right. But obviously, the main purpose is to put together a great investment. And the fund itself, um, as it would differ for if you've heard of like a real estate syndication or a direct investment, the way it differs is a fund is typically investing into a um, some form of index or a group, a portfolio of investments rather than an individual asset. So um, with that, there's different types of registration. You know, for those, you know, you mentioned definitions. I want to be clear for everything we do. It's, it's under what's called Regulation D, 506C, which means our investor, our investments are only open to what's called accredited investors. Happy to define that if, um, if you feel it's necessary, Sean or Lacey. But um, as a specific example, in real estate, we're going in and we're buying or investing into specific types of properties, operating and managing that portfolio to produce a return for investors, right? And it's the same thing in crypto is we've put together a portfolio, what we would call an actively managed index. And this allows investors to gain allocation into cryptocurrency with a team of professionals that will actively manage that portfolio to help reduce their downside risk and seek to increase their, their upside as far as return. So this would be great for somebody maybe that doesn't want to put in the hundred hours of deep diving and getting all the knowledge and wants to be able to mitigate their risks across a portfolio of different things that are managed by other individuals. Is that correct? Yeah, that's a great way to describe it. You know, I think that everybody, I know that we've got a lot of business owners who are listening 
And mm -hmm. um, that's one thing I love about your podcast is, is helping people on their entrepreneurial journey. Because right. I think that, you know, entrepreneurs are out there forging away. They, they've got a purpose they're, they're fired up about. They're out there to serve the community. They're, they're out there to make the world better. And what they're doing is they're utilizing their skills to then create a business to be able to help more people. And so it's really the same thing from our perspective. It's just that our business is managing investments, whereas their business may be, you know, dentistry or chiropractics or, you know, whatever it might be. And so, you know, for those of you that are business owners, if you wanted to open a new business, which the business would be becoming an investor, well, then that's what you would be doing, right? You'd be becoming the expert in the next thing. Um, by contrast of that, um, the people that come with us is because they're seeking to align with experts, right? So they know they're great at what they do. And to add to their team, they're looking to create a team to serve them and put experts in the right positions to help them achieve whatever their goal might be. And so for people looking to allocate into, you know, great real estate or into cryptocurrency, that's where we would kind of bolt onto the team. And um, we really are, we really are partnering with people we're not necessarily um, just managing money, right? We make our money in the investments the same way the investors do, right? So it's that's one of the major differences. I say, you know, we make our money with our investors, not off of our investors. Mm -hmm. The company is called Boron Capital, and the website is boroncap.com. Boroncap.com. That's where you can learn um, far more about this. You can even get in contact with them, and hopefully, you might have a conversation and begin to do business with them, partner with them, as Zach was saying. Zach, are there minimum investments on either side, real estate or cryptocurrency? Yeah. So so what's normal, like I did say, is it is for accredited investors. And you know, if anybody's not familiar, um, essentially what that means is you have to have an individual net worth of a million or more uh, minus your primary residence or an income of $200,000 or more a year um, if you're filing you know, individually, or right. it could be joint 300,000 or more with the spouse. So uh, there's a few other ways to qualify, but those are kind of the normal ones. So if you do fall into uh, those areas and um, you are interested in potentially allocating or learning more, yeah, typically our normal minimum is at 250,000 and, um, you know, goes up from there. And uh, really the easiest way, you know, you mentioned the website, I'd say another easy way to get connected is we have a text line. And um, the text line does go directly to me. So don't right. don't think it's some automated system. I promise yeah. there's a real person. <laughs> there's a, real a person robot on the other side. And um, all you got to do for that is just text the word info, I-N-F-O. If you just put that in the text box and then the number is 877-771-0615. So just text info to 877-771-0615. And um, that'll automatically connect you with me. But but you got to text it. Don't call it. That's not a, it's not a, it's not a call line. <laughs> we'll make sure that James gets that in the show notes and we'll have you repeat it here in a second. One thing that um, people may not know about you listening to you is that um, you have a service side yourself in the military and you protected three U.S. presidents um, during your time. And one of the things that I love about that, um, besides you know your service to our country and to the presidents, but that must be a job where you are continually analyzing risk. Mm. Um, and you know, <laughs> yeah. we probably are thinking about, you know, well, what could really happen? I mean, the president's <laughs> highly protected. I mean, the risk seems like it's pretty low, but you have to literally think about everything that could happen. 
situational awareness probably all the time. not a question that you may have received before maybe you have but using that side using that experience using that part of your life what are some of the real risks that even though they might be teeny tiny sure that can occur with cryptocurrency because i've been in circles where people have told me look sean I can I can develop for you 10 viable scenarios, not likely, just right. viable, viable scenarios where cryptocurrency can go to zero in a 24 hour span. And there are very few viable scenarios where the US dollar itself right. will just drop to zero in a 24 hour span. Again, not likely either case, not right. likely, but viable. Can it happen? Um, and sometimes that scares people. But and really, people, intelligent people say, but look. Even even in that situation, you must understand, as Zach was saying, and as we said earlier, but it's a thing. Right. So if it's a thing, it's a commodity and it's trading, then there are advantages to be gained by understanding potential inefficiencies in the way that these currencies trade. Right. And you can then make a considerable profit doing so. But I want to be responsible with this. And I obviously, Zach, you are an advocate for cryptocurrency, but using your risk, um, your, your, your risk assessment part of your life, what are some of the real risks that... We should be thinking because, you know, too, when you were saying accredited investor, I've heard discussions of them raising considerably that mark right. of what would be a, a, an accredited investor, which would be horrific for people like you, because it would really segregate an audience of people that would be able to play in this field and be able to benefit from not only your knowledge, but like you were saying, by partnering with other people that are doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. That would be a risk because yeah. some people that are, you know, just, you know, making their way up and they're, you know, they've done their 200,000 for a couple of years and they're ready to invest. And all of a sudden they get locked out. That would be a risk. What are some of the other risks that you see around those corners that people like Lacey and I don't see? Yeah, I appreciate that question. Um, you know, it is interesting. So, yeah, with the background, assessing risk is something that you had to do on a daily basis. So I, I was I was ran security for a top secret facility. Department of the White House, you know, have have been around, you know, multiple presidents and things like that. And, um, you know, I was trained in physical security, electronic security systems, and uh, you're continuously assessing assessing risk. And so in the crypto space, I mean, just with any investment, I think the first thing to understand, like I just tell people up front, there's no guarantee in any investment. And I think you have to cling to that and understand that every investment involves risk. And, you know, as Sean mentioned, you know, some risks are greater than others, right? But what are the risks associated with any individual asset? It's going to vary from asset to asset. And there are fundamental risks like changing world orders, changing world powers, you know, what happens to the dollar. So same thing. What is going to happen to the dollar? We've got Russia and Ukraine. We've got China. I don't know. China's in talks with Saudi Arabia, Arabia about, you know, the petrodollar utilizing yuan. Um, so what happens in all of these scenarios? So it's all game theory. And we have to be able to hedge appropriately to manage and assess our risks. So with that, I think that one, diversification is an important factor. Liquidity is an important factor. Being able to uh, move and set, set markets in a way that you're actually able to move in and out of positions appropriately, hedging against downside. But um, I'd love to talk to the people that say it's going to go to zero. I think that um, zero is not an option at this point. That's like saying real estate's going to go to zero. It's not going to disappear. Uh, but can can the volatility of prices change? Absolutely. Not that it's going to go to zero, but there there could exist scenarios, viable scenarios that it could, and less likely that the dollar could go to zero. But I, I think that, okay. like you mentioned, you mentioned Russia and Ukraine. 
I think there might be some viable scenarios where the dollar could go to zero too. Now, this statement was made pre, pre all of this. <laughs> sure. Um, sure. But yeah, that's that was my my question is like so you know, de it's a, it's a deregulated. What if it becomes highly regulated? What if some countries ban it? What what are some things that um, could yeah. happen? I'm talking about you know. The, the, we're talking way out there stuff. I'm not it's not meant to scare anybody. It's just meant to heighten the awareness of what you know. Like you had mentioned, uh, a China deal with Saudi Arabia. Um, you know, El Salvador adopting Bitcoin. It would be tragic if it went to zero for you know a 100%. whole country. Um, but could that happen? Is are there viable scenarios? What are some things that we might be watching? Like you know, China's movement. China's been interesting, an interesting player in the cryptocurrency space as well. Is that something that? your investors should be looking at or it's not really in, in a consideration yeah so everything's going to be relevant to time frames and i think that this is one of the most important considerations whenever you're making any investment is understanding your time frame because time frame is going to change the risk significantly so you know there are certain investments let's say for instance in real estate you have a single family flip right your risk scenario is I'm going to hold this for three to six months and I'm expecting that the variables impacting this in the next three to six months won't change significantly enough to impact what's going to happen to my investment. Are there risks that the market could change in that in that time frame? Absolutely. Yes. But understanding my time frame is this long and for my investment thesis to work out appropriately, I have to be able to have that exit in three to six months. Mm -hmm. Same thing if I'm going to do a multifamily value add, might be three years. And we've done this before. So I'm, I'm utilizing you know specifics in which we've done. And during that three-year time period, we were able to see appreciation of the market. But you know, we actually had a, a strong disposition of assets at the end of 2019. If we would have waited three more months, asset prices dropped significantly, in which case that would have been a major risk to our ability to exit at the prices we wanted to exit at. Okay. And so we may have had to make adjustments and hold for a longer, more extended period of time. And if we hadn't built in appropriate cash flows or debt ratios uh, to be able to weather those storms, then we would have been in a not as favorable position. Inside crypto, um, it's going to come down to the, uh, the liquidity and the adoption, right? So if for whatever reason we had a major world player that completely banned it, well, then people have to make a decision, you know, are they going to stop utilizing it or are they going to transition in some way to change it? So, you know, there was the theory that with mining specifically to Bitcoin, China was one of the largest miners when it came to Bitcoin. And a couple months back, China banned Bitcoin mining. Well, those operations shut down and within about three months, they were all back online in different parts of the world. And the hash rate and what's called the hash rate um, really is just a measurement of, of that, that system um, was, had, had recovered within that time frame. But we've seen pullbacks. So if I went in, and my expectation is, you know, I need to get in in a month from now, I need to get back out. Well, I may be severely impacted by changes like that. Yeah. And the same thing right. um, from adoption standpoint, we would be in the, the crypto community, I think, would struggle presently if we saw bans, right? But right now all governments are showing at least some favorable uh, agreement to interact with it and more just want to have appropriate regulations, uh, oversight, taxation, things like that. So I think that was one of the big concerns that I feel like we've kind of stepped over that hump.
Now, any type of major pullback economically, it, it will impact the market. There's no doubt about it, right? If we were World War III, I mean, absolutely, you're going to see markets pull back. And then it's going to come down to, did you invest in such a way that you were in need of this money in this immediate term? And does this short-term change severely impact my long-term thesis? And if my long-term thesis is that the, the world will continue to adopt it because the world will continue to become more digital, well, then I have to ask myself, does the data change? And if the data change significantly enough, then I would have to adjust. At certain points, I think people need to, you know, there's points where losses make sense, right? Because you could be losing and emotionally attached to a loss. Well, sometimes it's worth cutting your losses to move into something more favorable. If at any point there was a significant change in the market and our thesis had to change surrounding the market, then we would adjust accordingly. Um, I think with any anything, um, we have to continue to assess risks. How are countries adoption, adopting it? Uh, what are the utilization? What are the use cases? And um, be evaluating those on a regular basis. So, you know, even on an individual asset, aside from like Bitcoin itself, you know, if we wanted to look at Ethereum, Ethereum's going through uh, a change right now where it's going to what's called Ethereum 2.0. So they're making adjustments to the protocol. And, you know, some of the risks associated with that would be, well, if I'm invested in Ethereum and Ethereum does not successfully make this transition, I could be negatively impacted. So then I have to make the, the, the case for how much exposure do I want to that area? How much do I believe in the team? You know, what are, is there a continued adoption, continued layer two coming in and, um, so these are, it's a, it's a never ending uh, risk assessment, but what I do love about it um, more so than stocks is the data is in real time and you can mm -hmm. always see behind the scenes. So whenever you're investing in the stock market, you're always gonna be working behind, right? You're always gonna be getting, getting the numbers and the data behind. Unless where, you're in Congress. Oh, <laughs> yes, yes, well, yeah. Now you're getting delisted for yourself, John. That's not on you, man. That was not on me. I agree. Deplatform, deplatform. But I love that. I think that that's super important. But it's applicable into any investment. Is the the risk assessment, risk tolerance for yourself, and the time horizon in which you're trying to do it. And so it doesn't matter. There is inherent risk in cryptocurrency. There's inherent risk in investing in real estate. There's inherent risk in investing in a new business. So. I mean, you know, that's why you align with experts to assess that risk for you on a day-to-day -day basis. And Zach, I'm going to have you give that text number, at, but at the same time, I'm going to ask, I, I don't even know. I mean, I, I get it. Sometimes there's all these regulations when you're associated with a fund, um, but everybody likes to put this out there. I'd love to know what you think in your, you know, long-term, you know, people say Bitcoin's going to a hundred thousand. Some people, like, where, do you, where do you see the ceiling out? Let's just use Bitcoin. Um, long-term, long-term play, where do you see it getting to? And then um, give us that text number so people can hook up with you. Yeah, absolutely. So Sean, I'm going to disappoint everyone and not give a specific number. Um, that does have to do with some of our, our forward-looking projections that, um, you know, come down to compliance and regulatory things. But, um, you know, what I do believe is that um, this market as a whole has really just started. For the people that are thinking they're too late, the returns have already been too big, and now we're just going to be stuck in the market cap is going to be around 2 million. This market, the use case for it is absolutely astronomical by comparison um, to other markets, I mean, to be frank. And um, it's really just getting going. And I think that the market cap can increase tremendously, which means that, um, you know, the strong, the strong players with inside the space will continue to, to capture that, that growth and adoption. Great. What's that text number again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 877 771 0615. Text the word info 
to 877-771-0615. It's been an absolute joy, Zach. Having you learn anything? I learned a lot. Excellent. I hope that the viewers and listeners learned as well. And I hope, listen, if you're ready to dive in, right? If you've done your homework and you like, I mean, this podcast was your homework. And you're like, if you have more homework to do, you've got to jump on that hundred hours and look, YouTube, Google, there's so much information out there. You can get lost in that other podcasts, other noted authorities. Um, but then hopefully it all circles back. You guys contact the fine folks over at Boron Capital, get in touch with Zach, um, find out how he can help you because it is a way um, by jumping in in partnership. It is a way to mitigate some of that risk, mm -hmm. right? Because if you're brand new and, you know, one of the, it's scary transferring money into some of these wallets and, you know, they'll make it yeah. easy for you. Just transfer it over to them. They'll handle it all. Um, they'll handle your trades. Make sure that, you know, everything I is like looked after <laughs> and you kind of can have a little bit of peace of mind rather than trying to get caught up. And I love what Zach said. I want to repeat that. So many people always ask us when we do masterminds or different events, like they say that literally what he said, I feel like I missed the boat right. on cryptocurrency. I feel like I'm behind. And we always say, yeah, we're, where this is going, like, you know, okay. So like, it's like kind of crept like a little bit forward, but it has so much more runway. Like mm -hmm. you have far from having missed the boat. And in fact, um, we often talk about it was a summer of last year. Right. And a lot of people were talking about they, they had missed the boat and, and Bitcoin was in a big dip at that point. Yep. And um, I continually tell people, you know, if at that event you would have bought, <laughs> this is right. where you would be now. Um, so you, and, and even now, it, yeah. it, that doesn't mean now you missed the boat because there's still so much more runway for this. Zach, thank you for joining us on the podcast. It's been incredible. It's been very edifying. I'm sure that a lot of people are going to be reaching out to you because this is uh, so very valuable for so many people. And also you and I talk a lot about um, it is a thing. And if you as a business, if you are a business and you're not accepting um, Bitcoin, or at least I looking say, into it because well, yeah, you have to be looking yeah. if you're not yet there, but Stripe, PayPal, all of your processors are going to cryptocurrency. Yep. And I, I say like, that's like today's world. All you take is checks, right? Like if you're not moving towards the acceptance of this form mm -hmm. of payment, that's literally like you just, all I take is checks. And so thank you so much, Zach. You've been an absolute joy to be with. You're very welcome. Thank you, Sean. Thank you, Lacey. I appreciate it. And, you know, um, I just want to reiterate, I appreciate your point about, you know, being late to the game. You know, I think everybody's probably heard it, but, you know, they say the best, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The next mm -hmm. best times today. Wow. You know, so, you know, if you guys are out there and you're thinking about it, just take the next step, whether that's education, continue to learn or, you know, even reaching out. And I, I didn't share this, but we actually have an educational platform and a course where people can learn more about the basics. So, you know, even if you're not a credit investor looking to invest, if you want to learn more about, you know, educational opportunities, you know, text the number as well and be happy to point you in the oh, That's address. great. Thank oh, you. That's fantastic. Now, now I know you're going to get lots of people. <laughs> you for sure. That's absolutely phenomenal. All right, folks, that's it for that's it for this week on the None of Your it's Business podcast. It doesn't matter. We're going to be deplatformed here in just a couple of weeks if we keep bringing on these people talking about <laughs> what were we talking about last podcast? Yeah. We're talking about like the big five media manipulators talking about Congress people manipulating. They're one of the manipulators, big government. We talked about that. It keeps coming up on the podcast. Make sure you like, subscribe while we're around. Make sure you leave us a review. Let us know what you think about the podcast. Share this with other people, especially this episode, because there's a lot of people that don't know about cryptocurrency. Maybe your parents, for example, you might want them to hear a little bit about how they can get started without having to go through all of this process. Until next week, we'll be back again with another amazing guest right here on the None of Your Business podcast.